0: Hi, I'm Jason Nias, along with Natalie Wires from Digital River, an e-commerce and payments company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow their revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our time. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started and lessons they've learned that have gotten them where they are today and what they believe is the future of online shopping. If you shop online these days, it's hard not to notice the rapid growth of Klarna. This Swedish-based buy-now, pay-later fintech is also a bank, and in March was listed as the highest-valued private fintech in Europe. Something else of note, Klarna has just raised a billion dollars in new funding. Klarna's Director of UK Partnerships, Kevin Moore, joins us today to talk about the rapid rise of Klarna and the buy now, pay later landscape. Kevin, welcome. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Great. So let's start with the company itself. Tell us about Klarna and how it's grown over the last few years.
1: Wow, it's been uh, Jason. It's been a, a rocket ship growth. Uh, you know, so we started in 2005 in Sweden, and uh, Sebastian, our, our still CEO, uh, was in his Volvo, literally driving around trying to sign up retailers to this uh, this new payment type. And, uh, you know, fast forward uh, many years, 15, 16 years, and uh, we're still having year on year record growth stories every single year. And, and you're right. We just took a billion pound, a billion dollars, sorry, of, of further funding and are now, uh, you know, looking at around the 31 billion dollar mark as far as our, our valuation is concerned. So it's, it's been incredible. And uh, if I look at like from a UK perspective um, in the last couple of years, we've we've literally grown our consumer base by triple. Um, so we're now up to thirteen million consumers in the UK. We're up to fifteen million consumers in the US and up to ninety million consumers globally. And seeing around two billion tra- uh, two million sorry transactions per day. So you know huge, huge numbers. And I think the most important thing is is that we are building that customer sentiment and preference, you know. Customers are wanting to see Klarna everywhere. They expect to see Klarna and, uh, and when they don't, guess what? They're not converting like they do with us. So uh, it, it's you know, supremely important for modern retail that, that Klarna is part of their you know, every retailer's basket now. Yep, that's
0: phenomenal. It's, it seems like uh, you know, when you pay attention to the headlines on TechCrunch and others, you start to hear Klarna in, in the last three to five years kind of making it feel like an overnight sensation uh, but obviously it's taken a long time to build the momentum you guys have.
1: hundred percent and I think Steve Jobs said the same about Apple. You know it's amazing how people uh, people consider these overnight successes and uh, they can sometimes say 10, 20, 30 years. and I think the, you know the one constant that has, has, has sort of kept a Klaner over the years is that sort of quest for making shopping as friction free as possible. And that's what we do every day. I mean, we have three and a half thousand staff, but over a thousand of them are engineers. So, you know, we have a huge amount of engineers trying to drive our products to be as friction-free as possible to make sure that consumers and and retailers are getting, you know, maximum adoption off the back of them. So I think it's, you know, vitally important that that we continue to, to try and act like a brand new company every day, where we're where we're looking to you know drive adoption and drive performance. Because I think as soon as you rest on your laurels, that's where uh, the wheels start to come off of it. You know.
0: Yep, absolutely. It's it's a very hot space. There there's a lot of buy now pay later companies that are out there. Uh, Klarna was frankly one of the first and really helped kind of establish the space. Um, talk to me about some of the marquee customers that have Klarna as a buy now, pay later option on their stores. You can, you can speak to maybe a US example, maybe a British example to yeah. keep it uh, international.
1: Yeah, no, there, there's, there's just so many now. I mean, we're, we're up to 250,000 retailers across, across the business. I think a couple of the, the big ones in, in the US that have recently gone live are the likes of Macy's and Pandora um, have just gone live over there the last few months. And you know they, those guys are absolutely flying. I, you know in in the UK we've got some some similar great growth stories with people like Gymshark and ASOS and uh, JD um so you know there's a, there's a whole host but what I'm really pleased about recently is we're moving really really strongly into luxe fashion now um we've just signed Dolce and Gabbana um, Bell staff over here you know we've got some really really strong brands that are coming through we 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 nearly there with Burberry as well so more and more of these brands are starting to realize that actually this consumer adoption, these 90 million customers that we've got on the Kleiner books, you know, they're only going to go one way. They're going to grow exponentially. And actually, you know, we have really moved our demographic on over the past couple of years um, you know, to a much older demographic from when we first started. And you know that, that that ensures that we are driving that adoption into those sort of more traditional and luxe brands as well. So we've seen a seismic shift in in who we started dealing with to who we're dealing with now, and I expect that to continue as well across multiple verticals and retailers.
0: Yep. Well, I can imagine the sales pitch that you guys put on when you go to talk to prospects that um, it's almost a you're being left behind because 90 million people who are e-commerce. Fluent people uh, expect this in the checkout. Is that kind of how the story goes?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent, Jason. Yeah, you're spot on. I think I think the the long and short of it is, is that pretty much every customer that that transacts through Klarna spends more, spends more often, and comes back more often as well. And and so compared to credit and debit card usage. Um, there's no comparison you know the aovs and the and the amount of uh, you know items that we have in basket are exponentially larger than they are on credit and debit card so you're right if you if you aren't using klarna you are actually you know hamstringing yourself really these days you know i think that you know customers now expect to see it as well so, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, obviously, on our marketing side of things, but also around our product proposition and, and upstream marketing and, and, you know, PDP placements, because customers are really expecting to come onto a site and see Klarna straight away. And when they do, they, they get that immediate comfort within, within their shopping, you know, within their shopping journey, because they know that they've got their preferred way to pay. At the end of the at the end of the journey, so they can they can buy more than they wanted to on the day, which is which is fantastic.
0: You said marketing, and it triggered something for me. I uh, it, you know pre COVID, I've spent a fair amount of bit of time in trade shows, walking the floors, having booths. And uh, Klarna is a little bit infamous for having the most randomest, craziest marketing um, of any company I've ever seen at, at trade shows. Can you maybe speak a little mm-hmm. bit about the strategy behind some of your dynamic marketing that's just doesn't fit into the normal conventions
1: of marketing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think one of the key things is is that we don't market our products. You know, yeah, uh, you know, we very, very rarely talk about our products. We actually talk more about Klarna being the largest shopping destination in the world. So we want to resonate with as many consumers across the globe as possible. And to do that, there's no point in talking about a given product or, or one vertical like electronics or jewellery, et cetera, because ultimately what you're doing, you are not casting your net wide enough and you're not covering all of the people that are interested in Klarna. So if you've got 90 million consumers, 90 million shoppers, you're not going to be able to cover them all by just doing a random product-based marketing pitch. Actually, what we then look to do instead is who are some of the biggest names globally? So we partnered with Smooth, uh, Snoop Dogg, who, who changed his name to Smooth Dog. I'm sure you guys saw that in the press. Yeah, we had billions and billions of impressions off the back of that. We did a, a Valentine's Day, um, a Valentine's Day marketing activation with Lady Gaga. That went absolutely superbly. We've just done our Super Bowl advert, you know, and uh, going out to 90, 100 million US fans. Everybody now knows who Klarna is. The most important thing is that when we are looking to ignite a marketing activation, it's making sure that our reach is as big as humanly possible. And so we want to make sure we appeal to as many people as possible in our Klarna consumer network. And at the moment, it's 90 million. But Guess what? We want that to double in the next twelve months to 180 million shoppers across our 19 markets, and every year we're adding more and more markets. So, you know, it's so important that within our marketing, it's more driven around our brand strength and appealing to our whole customer set rather than very specific verticals.
0: Yep, I do think it's uh, if if you're looking for some something fun to do while you're listening to this podcast, just go ahead and Google. Klarna marketing and you'll see some just ridiculous pictures and really silly things but it does exactly what you it stands out it's disruptive it's interesting and it makes you wonder what the heck is this and you dig in so it it has the effect you want it just doesn't run in a straight line to get it
1: Uh, completely i mean i come from actually a very traditional banking background in my earlier career and uh all you would ever see is, is, you know, various shades of blue all over the place, you know, and, and actually what we're looking to do is really sort of step, step outside of that, because although we are a licensed bank and although our, our products are, are somewhat financial products as well, you know, actually what we are more, you know, more concerned with is driving that consumer adoption, that consumer network, because if you have the consumer network then the long and short of it is, is your merchant network, the actual merchants who need Klarna and want to use Klarna, they are coming to us rather than the other way around. Like in my career, you know, in sales and and in partnerships, I've always had to, you know, do the hard yards and do the calling out. I've never had my phone ring internally ever until I joined Klarna because people want to be on that, on that bus, you know, they want to be a part of it. And it's not because we're cool and we're pink and all that it's because we drive performance. You know, we have the consumer network. You can have all the bells and whistles, but if you don't actually, you know, drive performance, drive adoption, you know, drive sentiment, then, you know, customers will soon soon forget about you and find out, you know?
0: Yep. Well, <clears throat> you said a couple of things I want to pull on. The first is um, your career, which we'll come back to next. But the second was, you know, I can't help but think about how some of these, other buy now pay later providers are more regional or more vertical centric. And you guys are casting a wide net. Can you speak a little bit about the importance of kind of global and acquiring users in virtually every country in the world? Can you share some light or shed some light on that?
1: Yeah. I think what's really important Jason, is that although we are looking to be as, as global as possible and we will continue to add new regions, what we are absolutely masters of is making sure we have the right products for the right regions okay so in germany they pay by invoice so we acquired SoFort bank who are the leading invoice providers in germany that's how they pay so why do we want to ch- try to change you know what that what that demographic is used to in the us is paying four, so we're, we're in line with the us uh, payment cycle in the uk it's paying three so we're in line with the uk payment cycle So although we are this, you know, very large global entity, what we are very good at is ensuring we are aligning ourselves to what is required to win in the local market. And more importantly, what the customers want to see and what the merchants want to see off the back of it as well. So although we have that that global view, we're, we're very true to our roots in making sure that we are, you know, nailing those demographics in region and making sure we have the products that suit their needs. I think that's really important. Can you uh, tell
0: us a little bit about how you got to Klarna? Give us your career path and, and what led you into this super hot company growing like a rocket ship?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, uh, sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it feels like a long ride. So I'm, I'm, I'm nearly 40. I'm 40 in July. So uh, it's been sort of 17, 18 years of sort of uh, you know, professional services. So I started on the infamous Enterprise Rent-A-Car graduate scheme. Um, which uh, was <laughs> how was your how was your damage
0: waiver upsell percentage
1: very good that's why I'm where I am now Jason yeah <laughs> so uh, no the uh, the enterprise rental car graduate scheme um, is not for the faint hearted let's say you know uh, I actually enjoyed it I think it it certainly teaches you uh, hard work and, and resilience uh, and I, I think I've taken those those core values uh, along my career with me. Uh, but I, I moved from Enterprise Rent-A-Car into Barclay Card and uh, I was actually um, one of the sales managers for their motor uh, their motor finance. So if you buy a car, um, you know we financed it essentially for you. I then moved into retail finance with Barclays, so I dealt with some of the largest retailers in the UK, like uh, Dreams, that you know the the, the the bed company DFS, etc. Um, and from there, I went into a leadership role at Close Brothers Retail Finance, and we had just started a new retail finance lending arm. So I was there the day we wrote our first loan. And by the time uh, we were acquired by Klarna, two and a half years later, we had uh, transacted £330 million worth of loans. So a huge success story. Uh, Klarna then decided to acquire Close Brothers Retail Finance to really give them a huge push in the UK in the non-fashion vertical. So in electrical furniture, homewares, jewellery, et cetera. So that's how I ended up at Klarna. Uh, And when I first moved into Klarna, I was running a couple of the the sales teams. Um, So we were looking at um, one in the sort of mid-market fashion side and one on the non-fashion side. And then about nine months ago or so, we had quite a big reshuffle internally of of teams and and the leadership around there. And I was moved into uh, the partnership world, if you like. So I am now the director of UK Partnerships. And I deal with uh, PSPs, platforms, SIs, and tech partners to basically drive adoption into as many of the merchants globally as we possibly can. So a quick check of history, but uh, all of it, you know, with lots of hard work underneath the bonnet, Jason. That's perfect. Lots of hard work and a little luck. All you got to do is work for a company that Klarna wants to acquire. And
0: the next thing you
1: know... You're on the fast
0: path on a rocket
1: ship. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. But like Jack Nicholas said, it's, uh, it's funny how lucky he gets the more he practices, you know. So uh, yeah. I, I, I tend to try and, uh, you know, live a life where my actions speak louder than words. And so far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah, well, I can speak uh, from what
0: my team shares with me about uh, Klarna and how, how partner-centric you guys are. And, you know, we met through that relationship. Obviously, Klarna is a, a big partner of Digital River an expanding partner of Digital River, and uh, obviously we think very highly of you and your team and the efforts you guys have put forward. Um, Talk to me about some of the demographics that the buy now, pay later market is chasing. Um, Obviously, the early adopters were some of the millennials, uh, but that can't be it. Uh, how, How are you guys thinking about broadening the the adoption of your solution into other age demographics?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And to some extent, it's it's already happened. We've already achieved it. So when we first started out, unashamedly, we were linked to the the fast fashion industry because that's where we felt our foothold would work best in the UK specifically. Um, And, and, you know, we had a huge amount of adoption through your your ASOSs, your misguided, JDs, etc., um, and, you know, our average age consumer back there might have been about 25, yeah? And in the last sort of three years or so, we've really moved verticals into, you know, some of those homeware ones, so like made.com, loaf.com, Wayfair, et cetera, some of those big guys, big players. And, and, you know, that in turn has driven the demographic by itself. So now we're sort of average age around 33 to 35, depending on, you know, depending on region. And in some cases, that demographic is moving very quickly in certain regions and, I hate to bring up the word but covid has also um, driven our demographic higher as well because people have had to find new ways to shop so we've acquired a huge amount of customers you know in in the sort of 50 plus demographic so that is actually Klarna's fastest growing demographic set globally is is the 50 plus so although you know our roots were very very fast fashion a bit younger actually the, the two steps were increasing verticals and then essentially the, the global pandemic has also really helped drive the new adoption of, of the older customer set. Uh, all in all, though, you know, we're, we've got a very, very even spread. And actually what that helps with, like if we look at Lux, for instance, a lot of the, the, you know, the Lux fashion houses are doing very, very well with the customers that they have, 40 plus, 50 plus you know they return their recurring payers, it, it you know, always goes very well. But actually conversations I'm having with some of the globally the biggest brands is how can we bring those new shoppers in? And that's really where Klarna comes into its own because if I look in the UK, we have more customers who have downloaded our app than all of our competitors have customers in total. So when you think about consumer, you know, consumer preference and a merchant preference, well You know, why would you have a partner that has 500,000 customers when there's partners available with 13 million customers in in the region? And so that's what, what it's all about. It's about driving those new demographics. But most importantly, building that customer sentiment and that ecosystem all the time, because that's where the merchants get the most benefit from. And the customers then have the most benefit from having a wide range of merchants to shop at. Excellent.
0: I was speaking yesterday, actually, to a buddy of mine at MGI Research. His name is Matthias. And he had said to me that um, the UK, this, maybe it was the holiday period, saw an enormous rise of buy now, pay later options, somewhere in the 4% or something like that of all transactions in the UK over the holiday period, use buy now, pay later. Am I directionally close on that?
1: Yeah, no, you are. So, so holistically, it's, it's sort of between two and three percent over the last twelve months. But yeah, we, we certainly saw a rise in the, uh, you know, in the holiday adoption. I think what's interesting though is is that, you know, there's plenty of room for growth. I think, which is the most important thing. Now, that's good for Klarna, but most importantly, that's good for consumers because the growth that we are seeing is tending to take um, volume away from the credit card companies out there, Jason. And the reason why that's a good thing is because in the UK alone, uh, in the last sort of year or so, about 5 billion pounds worth of interest charges have been levied at customers through credit and debit cards. Well, our Pay in 3 product is is 0% with no fees. So long may it continue that we start to continue to scrape away those credit card sort of adopters because actually it's a, a much more ethical way for the customer to pay than, than, it, than they've ever been experienced on, you know? And so I think that's really important that we continue to drive that adoption because ultimately it's giving customers more flexibility and they're not being, you know, absolutely nailed with huge interest charges, you know, a year down the line when they forget to pay their, their, their you know, 0% interest bill or, or whatever it might be. So I think it's, it's a really good position for us. And I think that, hopefully it really continues to grow and, and, and we can make sure we're giving customers that choice and flexibility at the point of sale. Excellent.
0: The um,
1: Because you're
0: disruptive, I'll just say what it is. You guys are disruptive. Yep. Um, how have things like regulations kind of kept up with this market? Um, when you start to take money out of the big credit card processors' hands, I'm sure that doesn't go smoothly. So is there anything you can share around regulation changes or things on people taking a closer eye on this industry?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, certainly the FCA have taken a closer eye on the BNPL industry. Um, but to be honest with you, at Kana, yeah, we're we're, like I said, we're a regulated bank, Jason. We absolutely welcome regulation. And, and we feel that we are ahead of the curve. So our competitors, you know, they, they're not doing affordability assessments. We already do affordability assessments, you know. Uh, you know our competitors charge fees if you're late, payers, et cetera. We, do, we don't charge any fees. You know, we underwrite our customers with a soft search so it doesn't hit their credit file. A lot of our competitors don't even underwrite their customers. As long as they can find the customer and they can see that there's a method of payment with a debit or credit card on the back, then they will accept that customer, which isn't really great for the lending industry in general, because we're not having a, you know, a really good idea of who we're lending to. Are they uh, you know, able to afford the debt they're about to get into, etc. So we've worked really closely with the FCA and the Woolard Review in the UK to make sure that those um, agencies realise that we are ahead of the curve and we're doing these things anyway. And so... When the regulation eventually comes in, because it does take a while, um, let's say it comes in in another year's time, I feel that a lot of the things that the regulators are talking about, we already do, so we're very, very well, you know, served around any changes that need to be made. What I think is really interesting, in our industry is the silence has been deafening from our from our competitors. So, you know, um, you know, you might have seen Klarna in the press here and there we are happy to, to have that spotlight on us. And we expect it being the, the, the globally you know, biggest company out there. Um, but most importantly, we, are, we, we welcome it. And we welcome the fact that we want to lend responsibly to our customers. And we want our customers to trust us. And so if you're not saying anything about it, and, and that that silence is deafening, how can that trust be there? You know, So I, I feel that's really important. And we'll continue to work very closely with the regulators to make sure that we are absolutely aligned with their expectations. So yeah, it's something we weirdly, ironically enjoy and actually want to get right, you know, because I think it's important for the end customer at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, that, this this highlights why you guys are such a great partner for us. I mean, for, for Digital River, more laws, more tax laws, more regulations means more complexity. And that means that our value prop really stands out more. And the same thing is true, I think of, of what you shared on Klarna, the, the more of the rules, the more of the regulations, the things that you guys are already doing, even by not being regulated, really give you an advantage over other companies who have to scramble to try and support. So in a lot of ways, the uh, regulation and the spotlight is a good thing for Clarence.
1: hundred percent. And it it's just not, not even around regulation, Jason. So, you know, one of the things that we try to be ahead of everything in the game all the time, you know, if it's if it's you know within our our marketing activations, whether it's you know looking at how we can take friction away from the payment journey, how can we increase AOVs for our merchants, how can we be more flexible for our customers? You know, if those customers are struggling to pay, do we have things in place where we can help them? So we you know we have payment pause within our app. So if you are struggling to pay one of your bills, we can pause it for a further couple of weeks, you know We've got these things, you know, at our disposal because we listen to our customers at the end of the day. That's the key thing. And, uh, you know, lots of businesses out there say they're customer centric. But when they really look in the mirror, are they customer centric? And the fact that we have a couple of hundred thousand Instagram followers as a banking institution, I think it says everything we need to know about how, uh, you know, ingrained our customers are with what we do. I love that a couple hundred thousand Instagram followers of a bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and 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 that goes the same for trust pilots as well. You know, we have so many trust pilot reviews. If you go into the standard institutions, whether it's UK or US and have a look at the trust pilot reviews there's hardly any and the ones that are there are normally one stars as well you know so uh so yeah yeah we welcome all that stuff and we and we want to be at the head of the curve in everything we do and it's relentless and what I love about Klarna as well Jason is that that's driven from the top right from our CXO board our CXO board are you know so so people-centric we have two or three sessions a week where our CXO are coming out to the staff telling them what's going on what direction we're moving in. And so everybody feels like they're part of the ship and that they're they're, playing their part in steering it as well, which I think is really important. Well,
0: let's talk about the culture because far too often we focus on only the results or only the number of customers you serve or the brand. What's it like to work at Klarna? Unpack, Unpack the culture.
1: Yep, absolutely. So what it's like to work at Klarna is genuinely no day is ever the same. No day is the same. It it changes every single day. We move at a phenomenal pace. And when I'm recruiting, I am so honest with people around how fast the pace is, you know, because people say they work at fast-paced organizations, but I've certainly never worked in an organization that moves as quickly as this. And we're always looking to optimize every single day. What I really like about it is how close-knit the teams are and the regions are. So, you know, there are all colleague calls, you know, pretty much every single week where people from around the business can log in and, and really understand what's on Sebastian, our CEO's mind, or Luke Griffiths, our chief commercial officer's mind. Yeah, and, and that, that closeness to the CXO you know, um, pool is, is very, very rare. I mean, all the time I worked at Barclays, I were there for eight years, I never even saw the CEO of Barclays or Barclaycard. Card. You know, no, no, I didn't see them in the flesh once in the whole time. And I was a pretty senior member there as well. So, so it just shows you how accessible the leadership is here. And, and I think that, the, you know, what that then does, it then gives a lot of empowerment to the staff. The, the, actually, the, the role that they are playing in the business is vital. And we have, you know, pretty small teams of eight around most of our business. And, and we make sure that those teams have a huge amount of responsibility for driving the performance in their own vertical. And actually, you know, one of the things that we really like to do is, is sort of start small and learn fast. And it's amazing how some of our small initiatives are now some of the initiatives that are, are leading the market and some of our propositions and some of our products have, have been born out of a couple of conversations side of desk and are now, you know, some of the, some of the biggest things we do. So it's absolutely a phenomenal place to work. Uh, I, I love the energy around the place and I love the pace. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, as long as somebody has got that sort of positivity about them, they'll do very well at Klarna.
0: That's awesome. And you guys are, how, how many offices? You have 3,500 employees. I'm sure there's hundreds of recs available that people can apply. You know, we've got about maybe two to 3,000 listeners of our podcast. So yep, yep. you can use this as a shameless plug to some talent. <laughs> Not
1: out of the drill
0: river, but maybe other lessons.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So I love the diversity at Klarna. So, um, you know, we've got circa 98 different nationalities that are working at Klarna, which I love. I think that's amazing. We have about three and a half thousand, nearly four thousand staff now, if we include some consultants. Um, we have 19 regions and around 30 different offices around the globe. Um, our biggest growth story is the U.S. by far. So the U.S. is just absolutely flying. So. Uh, any of the, the you know, US listeners, uh, you know, uh, logging into the podcast, I think that uh, you know the, the, the UK story has been a rocket ship, and a German story has been a rocket ship for Klarna. I expect the, uh, the the you know the US story to just go out to a different stratosphere, really, and, and I really think that that is uh, uh, going to be the story over the next couple of years. Is is that you know the Klarna will dominate in the US, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. So, so yeah, lots of opportunities. Lots of different roles, and uh, you know, any one time we might have 200, 300 open roles at Klarna. So, uh, yeah, please, please do have a have a log on to the website and have a good look. You know, another
0: thing that that is getting a lot of attention is social awareness or connectivity to the communities at which you're involved. Um, you guys have a sustainability commitment. Um, can you guys can you talk a little bit about what that is?
1: Yeah, so I think it's really important to us that, you know, we're seen as a carbon neutral company. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we're, we're you know, really pushed on with. And I think more importantly as well, from, from outside of our own responsibilities, you know, it's something that we're really heavily involved in with a lot of our retailers as well. Um, so there's a great retail company in, in the UK called Internet Fusion Group. Um, they have a couple of brands called Surf Dome, Country Attire. And they really lead the way in the UK with sustainability. And we have a lot of conversations with our partners around how we can learn off that as well. And, and actually, if we think about our demographics and our average transaction value, what we're seeing at Klarna now is that people are really considering their purchases a lot more. And although, yes, we do see customers returning pretty often, what we're actually seeing is our paying three and paying four adoption in the US you know, go up exponentially. And because of that, the AOV is going up quite nicely as well, which is great for our business. But most importantly, people are less, but they're buying less at a higher price, which I think is really important for that sustainability play. And, you know, um, we're, we're making sure that we work very closely with retailers around driving down that returns uh, policy as well. And what we're finding with our pay in 3 and Paying 4 product is compared to credit and debit cards, in pretty much you know all of our retailers we're seeing a, a, a you know a downturn in in returns when using our products versus credit and debit cards which is something we're really proud of because you know we don't want to add to the problem we want to make sure that our customers are spending responsibly and thinking about their purchases and our products are definitely starting to drive that
0: love it and i did read i think i read maybe a while back on your blog that you give 1% back to sustainability That's correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And and you know that's just one of many things that we'll be looking to do. And uh, you know we we've done a lot of charitable foundation stuff as well. So we do quite a few activations with our retailers, you know, around um, important days across the year, whether it's enhancing people to give blood or or for the NHS or whatever it might be. So you know we we've partnered with ASOS with Gymshark in the past to make sure that we are you know getting our arms around those customers because. You know, we have a responsibility now. They are they are just as much Klarna customers as they are any retailers' customers now. You know, we have 90 million shoppers who who are really, really religiously and are are, are very loyal to shopping, you know, shopping with Klarna. So it's making sure that you know we are partnering with the right retailers who have those right values as well. And I think that, you know, this isn't going away anymore. And you've probably seen all the documentaries on Netflix, et cetera, you know. We, we need to make sure as a nation, as a, as a global yeah, entity, that, that we're doing the right things and, and we're partnering with the right people and, and, and we're actually having those right behaviors because it's a problem we all have to, to get over together and it isn't gonna go away. So it's something we're really proud of and we will continue to, to see how we can optimize that part of our business, like we do with, with everything else we do. And uh, we don't take anything lightly at Klana, that's for sure.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, there's a few traditions we have on this podcast. Uh, one is obviously in your role, you see a lot of e-commerce sites um, and, and probably so in your private life, you're an e-commerce guy as well. Mm-hmm. Who are your examples for who does a really great shopping experience and why? And you can't pick Amazon.
1: <laughs> no, never pick Amazon. Um, I not think you would. But no, definitely. no. So, so my, my favorite, it, 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 it's, a, it's actually a very old traditional company, but um, it's Levi's. Um, and what I love about Levi's is, is that even though it's been going for, you know, probably 100 years or so now, um, I love how it reinvents itself all the time. And it always tries to be at the forefront of everything it does. So, you know, I think the uh, online journey is impeccable. I think they've really, you know, taken the friction out of their journey and they've reduced the clicks massively. Um, but I think what's most important with Levi's is that when you go into store, it's an experiential um you know process so i'm i live in cambridge in the uk and the levi's store in the grand arcade in the uk is superb you know it's light it's airy it's full of staff who know what they're doing really consultative um you know you ask for one sort of pair of jeans and they don't sell you other pairs of jeans they, they sort of say look you know we've seen other people buy these sort of jeans as well. And I might only walk out with one pair, Jason, but at least I've got options because they've listened to me. They've listened to my sizing. They've listened to what style I like, et cetera. So I think that that's where some retailers doing a great job is that they've got a first-class web and online digital experience and they're translating it into their physical retail through experiential retail. And I think that, you know, when we open the world back up properly and, You know, um, bricks and mortar retail, you know, welcomes customers in their droves again because we've all been sitting at home in front of laptops. I think for a year, that experiential retail is going to be something that everybody is going to crave, and and I think that you'll see those retailers doing really, really well. So yeah, I think if I had to pick one, it would it would probably be Levi's. I'd have to say that's a great example, and
0: I couldn't agree more. People are going to crave for an interaction and experience because they've had to live with a different set of normal for so long. Absolutely. Uh, great. Is Levi's a Klarna customer
1: or a Target? It is a Klarna customer. Proud to say. Proud to
0: say. Proud, oh, excellent. I was just going to type it up and look. But. <laughs> great brand. Um, okay. The next thing, obviously, um, you've had a great career. Uh, you manage a, a team of folks. You are an influencer uh, in the world of e commerce. Um, but my question to you is who influences you? Um, how do you stay sharp? How do you stay inspired? Uh, where do you look to?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Do you know, I, I, I always think long and hard about this question. I've been asked this question a few times in my career. And uh, I, think, I think first and foremost, it's family for me. You know, I think that motivates me exceptionally well. I've got two teenage children that are nearing university age. So I think that, you know, I've got a, a big part to play in their lives. Um, I think, you know, from a, from a business perspective, I'm a huge fan of of Steve Jobs and and, and what Apple have have achieved and also um, Shoe Dog, the Nike book, I think is a a fantastic understanding of of how you just put everything on the line and and work as hard as you can and hopefully, fingers crossed, it all comes good in the end, which it did for those guys, obviously. Um, But then I think, you know, more locally, one of my best friends, Ed Howarth, who's a managing partner at Oliver Company, um, an agency in the UK, he inspires me because he is, just relentless and and you know so so sort of uh, focused on on sort of his career and his family life and his fitness and he just seems to have his ducks in a row so I think you can gain you know a huge amount of motivation from your peer group as well and then I've been really lucky in leadership I've had some great great leaders you know at uh, uh, Barclays I had a guy called Andrew Bramold who is now the uh, he's now the CEO of BNP Paribas Motor Finance so he's gone up in the world further and he, he gave me my first chance in leadership. And so I'll always be thankful for that. Um, I've, you know, got great leaders at Klarna, as Sebastian, our CEO and Luke Griffiths, who I, I previously went directly into is now our chief commercial officer. You know, they are relentless as well. And they're so detail driven. So that's really helped me because to be honest with you, I was more of a typical salesperson before I joined Klarna I was very energetic and and sort of gung-ho and actually I've really sort of relaxed into having a more balanced focus around how I look at things and how I construct deals with a business plan etc so I think I think that's worked well and then our current uh, GM in the UK Alex Marsh and a previous colleague of mine a guy called Ryan Welsh um, who was a close brothers with these are all guys that I've looked up to in my career and The great thing is, is I'm in contact with pretty much all of those people, you know, on at least a monthly or quarterly basis. So it's not like, you know, they've they've come into my life and and, and gone out very quickly because I respected them and they've taught me so much in my career. uh, I think having that network around you continuously as you move through your career and even move companies is really, really important to just be able to pick up the phone somebody and say, hey, what do you think about this? You know, and so, yeah, I've been I've been really fortunate, I have to say
0: podcasts are relatively popular in the United States and it varies depending on who we're talking to geographically but um, are you a podcast listener I am and what would be your uh, what is on your playlist uh, so
1: yeah I've got I've got two clear favorites that I listen to the most so uh, the first one is the high performance podcast um, which is I think pretty much the market leader in the UK at the moment so it's run by a guy called Jake Humphrey who's a, a sports presenter. And he, um, you know, has a really, really eclectic array of people coming onto his podcast just talking about essentially excellence and, and what high performance looks like. And what I really like about it is, you know, you've got people from Eddie Hearn, the boxing promoter, to Kevin Sinfield, the, the sort of rugby you know, rugby league um, legend, if you like. And then you've got like, you know, business people like Michelle Monet over in the U.K., and so there's a real eclectic mix of people that I, I really like to tap into. So that's my my go-to one. I've listened to, I think there's about 50 on there. I've listened to nearly all of them. Uh, and then my, my second one is a more of a fun one. Is because uh, I'm a big sports fan. So it's uh, called The Good, The Bad and The Rugby. And uh, it's an ex-player called James Haskell that, that runs that one. And uh, that's sort of my light entertainment, you know, Going for a walk with the dog, sort of podcast, and having having a bit of a chuckle to myself. So, I think they're they're the two of my my go tos without a doubt.
0: Excellent. I think I said excellent after every answer you gave. But (laughs) anyway, it's a good. I really enjoyed your answers, especially the first one. Um, If people want to get in touch with you, obviously to learn more about Klarna, your products and services, to see if. Maybe perhaps they could be a partner of yours since you run partners for the UK or
1: potentially to look for roles. How would they do it? LinkedIn or email? Definitely, I'm a huge LinkedIn advocate. Um, so, you know, Kevin Ward at Klana on LinkedIn. Um, and, and I think one of the key things here, Jason, is that I've always felt that, you know, leadership is all about giving more than you receive. And, and I think that, you know, I, I always have a huge amount of time for people and I, and I look to give my time as, as much as I possibly can. And so, you know, I'd, I'd really, really be up for talking to anybody who, who, you know, feels like I could have an impact on their career. Or, um, yeah, if, if people out there, you know, want to, you know, start doing business with Klarna, absolutely. I'm one of the people at Klarna that is uh, pretty good to talk to, to get them on the right, you know, the right track and the right road. So, yeah, please, please do reach out uh, anybody. And I, I mean that sincerely as well.
0: Well, Kevin, thank you so much for your partnership with Digital River your time that you've so graciously given us today. And frankly, you shared quite a a lot of interesting details around the power of the Klarna network and what you guys are building. So Kevin, all the best and uh, thank you very much. Thank you for your time,
1: Jason. Really appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to the Commerce Connect podcast brought to you by Digital River and edited at Matriarch Digital Media in Minneapolis, Minnesota. To learn more, head to digitalriver.com.